It is Tuesday, September 6, 2022. You're tuned into the Big Beetle brand right here, Twitch.tv. I am your host, Dr. Jargo, PhD, coming to you from Studio B here in the land of the evening sun. I'm joined alongside the former WCW World Hardcore Champion, Big Vito LaGrasso. Welcome back to your show, my man. What's going on? Uh, you know, a lot of things happen in the sports world, and that's what we cover the best in sports. Dr. Jargo, we had a conversation before we started the show about where we want to start. And go ahead and lead us off. Well, I mean, it's got to be Donovan Mitchell, right? Your Knicks miss out. Donovan Mitchell headed to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Vito. Who had that on the bingo card, right? Cleveland kind of pulling this move out of nowhere. What do you think of the move, Donovan Mitchell, to the Cleveland Cavaliers? And where does this kind of put Cleveland inside of this hierarchy that we're starting to see in the East now? All of a sudden, the East is looking pretty damn good. All right. Let's dissect this for a second, okay? And a lot of people have had a lot of things to say, like Stephen A. Smith, a couple other journalists, and they, you know, they went after the Knicks, they buried them and everything. But for me personally, I think the Knicks did the right thing by keeping their assets. Okay. If you look at the Knicks roster to what they got now, does anybody realize that they're 11 deep? They got 11 good ball players on their club, right? So, and if you look at the second, the second starting five, Evan Formier and Derek Rose, Obi Toppin, the new center they just uh, signed, and either uh, Grimes or uh, the other kid, right? And Jericho Sims is in there. And I like Jericho Sims. I think he's a boy. I, I'm surprised. He's. I, I. I wish he would have like been the starter. I think he's got a lot of upside, right? But you look at that team, and you say, okay, that's eleven deep. Most NBA teams only maybe go eight, nine. Nick's got 11, 12, Okay, that's the first thing. When you look at what the what what transpired, five draft picks, three players, and another. Is one person really worth all that who is not an elite player? Well, and it's like we talked about last week, Vito. I'd rather have R.J. Barrett anyway. I mean, right. to me, it, between the two, I, I I don't feel like there's a bigger upside to Mitchell than there is to Barrett. Barrett's a little bit younger. He's acclimated to New York. He seems like he fits well in New York. That's a face of the franchise kind of guy. Right. So you're talking about, oh, you know, like this, this kid who's the French – He's had a chance to get settled. We all know when you come to New York, you don't hit a home run in the first season. It's going to be a long off season, right? Absolutely. And you got to come back. You're making all this money. Now, let's go over to your Lakers. They're sitting there and they're still holding on the whole summer, even before the season ended, trade Westbrook. And Westbrook is still with the Lakers. Now, they just had a trade come up, and they said, would you trade Julius Randle, Evan Formier, right, for Westbrook and a 29 pick, and a, a 2029 pick. And I'm like, uh, I think that – I would do it as a, as, as a, if, if as I'm a representing Laker. the Lakers. I absolutely yes. would do that. But they were talking about, well, the Knicks might have to kick in Cam Reddish really doesn't have the significant role, but he's a young 20-year-old player, 
Right. I like Cam Reddish a lot. And plus, he did go to school with R.J. Barrett. There is that dookie connection. There. Right. So you're talking, okay, you say Westbrook and a pick, the Formier and Julius Randle. Now, does Julius Randle and Formier solidify the Lakers to no. being a contender? No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I did hear one today, Vito. and in on the surface, this makes no sense to me whatsoever. But I did hear rumors of a Russell Westbrook for Clay Thompson trade. Now, I on, heard the that surface, too. on the surface, it makes no sense. This is all about salary for Golden State because they right. can dump Westbrook, write him off, save a whole bunch of salary. I'm not sure that they would do that. I mean, again, if I'm the Lakers, absolutely. In a heartbeat, I would make that trade. But if I'm Golden State, I'm trying to keep whatever else I can do. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, I'm letting those three guys ride things out. Yeah, but right now they have to they have to sign another three max players. They're in a real like bind. So what do you oh, do yeah. in this? What do you do in this? Who takes the hometown discount? Well, I mean. On the surface, you would hope that it would be Draymond Green, but it does not sound like it's going to be Draymond Green in any way, shape, or form. Draymond sounds like he wants to get paid, and if Golden State doesn't want to pay him, he's fine taking his money from Detroit. I would love to see Draymond Green go to the Knicks. I think if we had a personality like him on the Knicks, he can bring them up to speed on what a championship team can be. Is Draymond still a max player in your mind? Because in my mind, like, he was a max player, like, three, four seasons ago. But at this point in his career, I feel like he's almost more that player coach, right? Like, he is the guy on the floor causing the ruckus. He's not putting up the numbers, but he's, like, having an extra coach on the floor for Golden State. I'm not sure that's worth the max contract at this point, especially anywhere other than Golden State. Now, if you had a trade for a Draymond Green, Let's say the Knicks wanted to get involved and say, okay, let's see what we can get. Okay. Clay Thompson to the Knicks. Does that make sense? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if he's just going to be a spot shooter, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I don't want to see him handling the ball. I don't see him being the cutter or the slasher. I, he's more going to be run to the wing and shoot. What would you give up for a Clay Thompson from the Knicks arsenal of, of what they have? Well, I feel like Fournier absolutely would have to be a part of that deal right. simply because of, of salary match, the, the salary match and what Golden State's going to be losing. Because, I mean, Clay is a pretty damn good shooter and Fournier, right. he can go out there and he can pop the three, especially when you got Steph Curry running around like a man possessed trying to get open so that he can shoot. So, I mean, I, I do see the similarity there. I, for me, the Julius Randle, Draymond Green trade seems really, really interesting to me. Like there would have to be a bit more to it salary wise, but I could see where that could actually be beneficial for both teams. If Julius Randle's got his head right going into Golden State. But now here's the thing. Julius Randle going to a championship team puts him in a different mindset. Now he's playing with now he's on. He's on spot here in New York, and he couldn't handle the second season. He'll really be on spot in with the Warriors because Absolutely. he's replacing who? The man. You bring Draymond Green back here to the Knicks. Okay, Draymond Green, Mitchell Robinson, 
right? You're talking R.J. Barrett, Brunson, and Grimes, right? You got that veteran grit player right there. You talk about what Thibodeau brings to the table, defense, right? So defensively, and if and say if Draymond played with the second unit with Derrick Rose, right? But as I'm as I'm looking at the at the Eastern Conference right now, Vito, okay, like all of this is true, but the Miami Heat haven't gotten any worse. The Boston Celtics, while they may have some internal problems and they lost Gallinari, they're still going to be really really good. Milwaukee's not going anywhere. Philadelphia just signed Montrez Harrell to a two year. Oh, did they sign him? Did that guy get signed? Now there's a guy who was that's a, a big deal, and he's a good player. And like. We're not spreading rumors, but he did have um, some uh, police problems. He yep. had an arrest. He got it straightened out. He signed a deal. Now, there's a guy the Lakers should have been like, I don't know, maybe we should bring back him. I love him going to Philly, though, especially alongside of Embiid, who everybody kind of, eh, he's a little soft. Montrezl Harrell ain't soft. He's going to bring a whole new attitude to that Philadelphia 76ers team, kind of like Draymond Green, what he, we were talking about with Golden State. Yeah. Like He's not going to put up the numbers, but his presence is going to be felt there. Toronto is basically the same team. The Bulls, I saw Lonzo Ball was actually going to miss the beginning of the season. That left knee is still giving him a hard really? time. Wow. Brooklyn, I, I who knows what to expect from Brooklyn. I feel like Atlanta is going to have a bounce back season. Cleveland obviously gets better with the addition of Donovan Mitchell. Vito, I'm nine teams deep in the East and I haven't made it to the Knicks yet. And even with these moves, I'm not sure that the Knicks fall into that top nine. Now, let's look at the the Cavaliers, right? Now, they had two guys. They had Sexton and they had Garland, right? Right. And I always said those two guys can't play together. One has to go. Yep. Okay, you bring in Donovan Mitchell. Now, for what they gave up, are they still considered – they gave up a lot. They did give up a lot. And they gave up some players who helped them be a championship squad. Now, three doesn't always equal one, and one doesn't always equal three. But who fills in those spots in Cleveland? I don't know. And even as I'm looking at this roster, I mean – Cleveland's maybe the sixth best team in the East. Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Chicago, Brooklyn. I mean, Atlanta, I think, is going to be a whole lot better, assuming that Trey Young takes a bit of a step forward. Like, I, I'm not even sure this actually makes Cleveland a better team as I look at this murderer's yeah. row in the East. I mean, now, I, I feel you, like they just went sideways. Yeah, you look at Miami, they didn't add anybody. Nope. Now, Miami State put, and they're a good team. Jimmy Butler, you know, Jimmy Gangster, he's always good. I mean, he's he's a player. He's my he's one of my favorite. Toronto, they're always competitive, right? Let's be yep. them competitive, right? They're not shit. The Celtics added one guy. They added the guy, Joe uh, Gallinari, got hurt. But didn't they add another person? I'm not sure if they necessarily added anybody or not. I – for me, the Jalen Brown thing is going to be interesting because you kept hearing his name alongside of this Kevin Durant thing. And it, it, he even right. took to Twitter and he's like, really? Like y'all ready to just get rid of me and bring in Kevin Durant? Really? So I wonder what that dynamic is going to be like in Boston with him and Tatum. Okay. Now the dust has settled with the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. They haven't heard anything. Everybody's trying to play nice. They had a lot of turmoil. 
are they that team, the surprise in the East that rises to the top with Ben Simmons at the I, well, I what I'm hearing is you're right, Vito. They're going to play Ben Simmons at the five. That's what I've been hearing. I love that. I think he would be a point center. Who's going to handle him at the point center? Right. And then you got Kyrie. You've got KD. I mean, whenever you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant, can you really say that team's coming out of nowhere? I mean, like this is the – they either win the East or they underachieve. Like, yeah, but, th- when, that's but it. when they have James Harden, everybody thought James Harden was going to – and James Harden was supposed to be the man. James Harden took a shit in Brooklyn. He couldn't handle the pressure. He outed, and he went to Philly. Well, that's kind of like we were talking about, man. It takes a special kind of personality to play in New York, and that's one of the reasons I like R.J. Barrett so much. Now, when you talk about James Harden – when he now another thing, guys, when you're under pressure, right, and you're up for a contract, he would have been so ridiculed if he would have took that max deal, but he took less money. He took less money to save himself some face because if he has a shit season, then they say, okay, you can't, you're not a max player no more, you know. And plus, he saved himself a lot of heartache, a lot of social media drama. He saved himself a ton of shit. You know what, though? He's going to get a ton of shit because I can't wait until the first time James Harden is having a shit game and Montrez Harrell tells him he's having a shit game and James Harden's going to turn around, go right back at Montrez Harrell. That's going to be a fun story to watch how those two guys get along. No, I, you know, there's a lot of combos, but then we come back to the Lakers. How do Patrick Beverly and Westbrook get along? I think both of them will connect on the same team. People say, eh, eh, eh. but if you're a ball player and you played against your antagonist and now your antagonist is joining you and you're going to fucking give that guy the ball and in turn that guy's going to give you the ball and you're going to destroy people. I'm more so thinking at the other end, right? Like I'm looking at Pat Bev and Westbrook as a defensive duo. If you're on the other team's backcourt, do you want to try to be bringing that ball up? I don't. But the speed of Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, them guys can go. And, Pat, and, and you know, everybody – I wish – there's another play I wish the Knicks would have got was Patrick Beverly, right? Yep. He's another defensive-minded scrapper that the Knicks love. And then Utah has a couple other plays. They have Connolly that's sitting there. What and is Utah have, doing, Vito? They've got like 13 draft picks over the course of the next like seven years. But what did Danny Age do in Boston with all those draft picks? His yep. his philosophy of getting all that stuff, he didn't produce any championships. Nope. The, right? But I mean, you look at that team now, that's still very much the Danny Ainge team. Like has, the way that that team is constructed right now. I give Danny Ainge a lot of credit, but he didn't produce a championship. So where does his philosophy stand as getting all these draft picks and holding people hostage? Yep. You know, you look at that concept, you say, okay, what did he win? He didn't win anything, but he had people assigning free agents and people moving around. Warriors got back Clay Thompson and Clay Thompson produced, right? And its core stayed together. The core has one more year together for another run. I yep. think they're the team to beat, but you have the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard coming back, and you have John Wall at the point, which is a John Walker ball. Oh, that yeah. guy could play. 
what he did last year sitting out because he didn't want to be reserved or whatever they said. I thought that was – everybody forgets you're a ball player. You go to play ball. You're a baller. You go to do this thing. I'm curious to see what the NBA season is going to hold. I mean, let's remember Memphis had a better record than Golden State last year and the Phoenix Suns had a better record than Golden State last year. Golden State was kind of that surprise team last year, so it's going to be interesting to see how things shape out. Vito, we're, we're a week away from the NFL, and right. we, we, we had some big news come out today. The Pittsburgh Steelers have named their QB1 and it's not Kenny Pickett. It's Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky, the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. What do you make of that? Veteran. But it's Mitchell Trubisky. It's McTitties. Yeah, but hold on a second. They're giving that guy the ball for a reason, right? They're going to just give it three or four games before they put this kid in there. Right? That's so the thing, right? Like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I, Mitchell Trubisky is set up to fail. And Kenny Pickett is set up to come in and be the white meat baby face who's going to come in and save the franchise, right? Like, are they already playing in four or five weeks ahead? But, like, you talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Like, guys, remember when he came in the league, he was star-studded. He had a lot of fanfare when he came in, right? And they had a lot of high hopes for him. It's just that he bounced around and he wasn't in the right situation for himself. So now that he's in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is not a slouch team. And they got a great coach. So remember when uh, uh, Sam Donald played last year for the Panthers and Sam Donald went five and two, right? Right. He had a good start. Everybody said, what the hell happened to Sam Donald? Then all of a sudden, the, sh the, the shit came out from underneath. You look at Trey Lance in San Francisco, everybody was saying Trey Lance, Trey Lance, but Jimmy Garofalo is the is – the, unprecedented quarterback of that team. I don't care what they say, how they save money. They weren't getting rid of him. And I even said it. He's going to stay on that team. They need him because Kyle Trey Shanahan came out and said, we need him. Trey Lance is inconsistent. He's having issues with his accuracy. Like Kyle Shanahan on the record with all this stuff. Like we need Jimmy Garoppolo because we're not sure Trey Lance is the guy. No, not at all. And if it Trey Lance gets hurt or fumbles, who better than Jimmy Garofalo picked the ball up and say, okay, guys, let's go to the Super Bowl. And what was he last year? One game away from the Super Bowl? So how do you sit that guy on the bench? That's still mind-boggling. The thing that's going to be killer, that entire NFC West is just an absolute gauntlet, Vito. I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking about San Francisco. They may be the third or fourth best team in that division. I mean – yeah. You got Arizona with Kyler Murray, who was coming on really, really hot last year. You've got the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, yeah, they're the Super Bowl champions. And Pete Carroll seems like he really, really likes whatever it is that he's got going on up there in Seattle. I think we all just kind of think Seattle's going to be a walkover team this year. Now that Russell Wilson is gone, I don't think that's going to be the case. It's a murderer's row out there in the NFC West. And the NFC West has the AFC West this year. So, I mean, you're going to have to play Kansas City. You're going to have to play the Los Angeles Chargers. You're going to have to play the Vegas Raiders. You're going to have to play Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. I, it's going to be really, really rough out there in the NFC West. They're just going to beat each other up. Now, somebody made a comment, and they said that Derek Carr and the Raiders, Super Bowl or bust. I've been saying for years 
Derek Carr throws the ugliest ball you ever seen. He's not a Super Bowl quarterback. He's had all the tools. He's had all the players. They he is not a prime time guy. And they're putting the Raiders in there as Super Bowl or bust. They weren't even close. I kind of feel that way with the Raiders, but I feel like it's at least two years because I mean we've got another new coach out there. If Derek Carr could actually keep a coach for longer than like two years, it would be a huge benefit to his career. I feel the same way about Baker Mayfield. I don't think that we really know anything about Baker because he hasn't been under a coach for more than two years. But the big thing with the Raiders this year is going to be Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr have a great relationship going all the way back to college. They have a clear number one. They know where the ball is going. You've got that big name wide receiver. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, to me, if I'm fantasy football picking, if I can get the combination of Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, I'm absolutely jumping at it. Those two guys are going to put up some numbers this year. Now, what about the Tampa Bay Bucks? And they talk about Tom Brady having marital problems. He took two weeks off. Um, not football related, but domestic related, right? Right. Now, I made the comment on Twitter when he retired. When he came back, I said, well, you got to look at his wife in the morning. He said, fuck this shit. I'm going back to football. She's ugly. Right? Everybody, you know, nobody really jumped on it. But then you see they have marital problems and she's bitching. You're bitching about somebody's career. You're bitching about somebody who's made a living at this. You're bitching at somebody who's provided for you the kind of lifestyle that you that you dream of and you're bitching because he's doing his job. Right. That's when things go haywire and that's when guys mess up their career when they let a woman, not saying anything against women, but when women get involved in a way a man makes a living, that causes a problem. Vito, did you ever watch that Tom versus Time documentary that was out a couple years ago when he was still playing for the Patriots? I think it was his right before his last season in New England. They put out this documentary. It was on like Facebook Watch. Did you get to see any of that? No, I didn't see it. So they, 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 it's all like a kind of behind the scenes how Tom Brady gets ready for the season. And I could sit and watch Tom Brady watch film all day. I mean, I'm watching this guy, the way that he breaks down film, and he's like just sitting in his office with, you know, his little wheel, watching the plays, forwards, backwards, sideways, frame by frame, pointing this stuff out, pointing that out. He's going into coaching. It's like the second he is done playing football, he's going to become a football coach, whether it be a quarterback coach, somebody gives him a shot as an assistant coach, whether it be an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, whatever. It's only a matter of time before we see Brady versus Belichick in a coaching battle. No, you're mistaken. It's Brady and Belichick being diabolical to take over football. Oh, God. Could you imagine those two guys mm -hmm. together? You heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. You know, I'm way ahead of the, 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 of the schedule here. And Especially I now with Josh McDaniels out of New England. I mean, Belichick's looking for that quarterback guru who better than the GOAT himself, right? I would say the pick this year just for nostalgic things. I think it's going to be Tom Brady with Gronk coming back midseason and then winning his Super Gronk's Bowl. Yep. And then the following year, you'll see Tom Brady make a big decision. But I think it's this year he's got 
He wants to get that next ring. I mean, they're loaded at Tampa Bay. They got a great squad. But my Jets, they have been under the radar. They The Jets this year, right, they won all their preseason games, and they got rid of the quarterback who won all the preseason games. How? How? Right? You look at that, and you say the guy had the greatest. He was like the natural. He said everything going from he's a sure, sure, sure practice squad guy. He got cut. I, I I don't even know what to do with the New York Football Jets at this point, Vito. I mean, I'm, I'm are they going Flacco? Is Flacco the answer? Has Flacco ever been the answer? Like, I feel like Baltimore won in spite of Joe Flacco, not because of Joe Flacco. The whispers are that the kid is ready. He might the kid might start. On week one, really? Those are whispers. Really? But Joe Flacco is a good backup, and Joe Flacco is not a slash quarterback. Is, is he? Is he? Um, is he the? I mean, five, Zach six? Wilson is who we're talking about, right? right? Zach Wilson could potentially be the starter week one. And you know, Joe Flacco is nobody's slouch. Joe Flacco can handle two, three games. Joe Flacco's not a 17-game, a 18-game quarterback. But for two, three games, I could see him going 3-0, three, 2-1. Three but at that point, don't you stick with Flacco? I mean, to me, if you start 0-2, if you start 1-2, 1-3, that's when you make the move to Wilson. If you go with Flacco week one, I see you right until the damn wheels fall off. And then it's very much the same kind of situation you got in Pittsburgh. You can bring in Zach Wilson and, oh, we're just going to give him this year. It doesn't matter if we stink. You know, we're looking forward to next year already. Are, are, are the Jets in that kind of position to just write off 2022? The Jets are in no position to write off anything because Joe Douglas, the GM, has put everything in his power to make a winner and make a football. This is like a make-or-break season for him. Because if he doesn't do it this year, with all the draft picks and all the money and getting rid of the former GM's picks and cleaning house and bringing a new regime in, new coach, new, new culture, better ball players, what do you do? You got it's either, it's either that or bust, right? Then you go to the Giants, right? The Giants had to reconstruct Leonard Williams' contract, their best defensive player. That had to eat them. Not that it was a bad thing, guys, because the guy still got paid. He got paid sooner than later. He got his $19 million in a check today. He said, okay, here, we have to give you a signing bonus. So when that happens, does that make the player less hungry? Oh, I think for so for sure, especially when you're playing on a team that already stinks, right? I mean, like, and that's no disrespect to the New York football Giants. It's just even the way the Giants are constructed right now, I'm looking at this as Daniel Jones. We talk about a make or break year. This is it for Daniel Jones. If he stumbles coming out of the gates, I, I don't suspect they're going to hesitate to put in Tyrod Taylor. And that's the end of Daniel Jones in New York. And you're rebuilding again. He'll be the new Joe Flacco. Oh, now he will. He will. He's going to be a backup somewhere. He's not a starting quarterback. They rode him with five years now. This would be the fifth year. Is this five? This is four. Four. Four years they rode him. 
four years they gave him the ball. And this was the guy who took Eli Manning's spot. And Eli Manning got railroaded out of that place. And they shouldn't have broke his streak. They should have let him finish the season. They should have gave him the Derek Jeter treatment. And I'm not a New York Giants fan, but what's right is right on how you handle things. And, you know, when you're looking at it now and Eli Manning's sitting there, Hall of Famer, with two Super Bowl rings, he's looking at this kid. He said, okay, kid, what have you done lately? And he's about to be, uh, you know, taken out. Not a good look for the Giants. Not a good look at all. Let's switch to baseball. And, well, the Yankees. How you feeling, Vito? <laughs> nervous. No, no, you know what? You know, know what, guys? I'm going to say this. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a true Mets fan. It's a baseball season, and this is what baseball is about. If you run away with the division, right, <laughs> what do you got? I mean, what do you look forward to? The Yankees run away with the division every year. By the way, the Yankees have been losing their ass. Yeah, right? we're only five games up now. Right, five games up, right? And everybody makes fun of the Mets. The Mets are one game up with the Braves right on their tracks. But here's the Yankees who have this giant lead. All of a sudden, they can't hit, pitch, or do defense. Nothing. Unless you're, unless you're Aaron Judge. I mean, Judge is still hitting the hell out of the ball. He had 54 today. He had 54, right? So 54 home runs. But that doesn't make the season or world championship or add to anything. Well, agreed. Right? Agreed. I, then, if I'm the Mets right now, I actually don't feel too bad. I mean, because your next nine games, Vito, you've got the Pittsburgh Pirates, you've got the Miami Marlins, and you've got the terrible, woeful, the sad, pathetic, you know, we're back to, you know, the last hundred years worth of baseball in Chicago, the pitiful Chicago Cubs. And then you get the Pirates again. So, I mean, if the Mets are going to make a move, now is the time to make a move because the last game of the season, do you see that? The mm-hmm. last game of the season? The Atlanta Braves. And if this comes down to a one-game play-in, I don't like the Mets' chances. No. Who do you who do you pitch? I mean, it, it's difficult, Vito, because what is going to be the status, right? Because, I mean, I, I was just reading earlier today, like Scherzer says he feels good. He says that he's all right, even though, you know, we held him out for all those games. We're not we're, – we're holding him to a pitch count, but Scherzer says he's good, that he's ready to go. He's on track for the next start. Is he or isn't he? Because if I got a one-game playoff, I'm going with Scherzer. You're not going with DeGrom. No, I'm going with Scherzer. I'm going with somebody who's been in that situation before, somebody who has that has had that pressure on them before. I'm going with Scherzer for sure. So do you put DeGrom in the, in the bullpen to close out the game? No, I put him in the bullpen in case I need him in the fourth inning. Okay. Okay. I mean, that, that, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, you basically got two starters. If Scherzer goes out there and struggles, if he's having a hard time with control, I don't hesitate to pull him and put DeGrom in there. But for that first pitch, I think I want Scherzer on the mound. Good observation. But do the Mets, Met loyalists agree with you? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, probably not. That, All right. So we will leave it at that question. I got one about- more for you, Vito. I got Go one topic because i just saw it announced before we start here and i gotta get your take because i'm sure that you haven't heard about this yet we're gonna have a big boxing match coming up it's gonna be jake paul versus anderson silva Vito, what do you think of this anderson silva gonna fight jake paul it's gonna be boxing it's not mixed mma what do you think can the spider take out jake paul 
I think this is the test this kid has been waiting for. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Nobody likes him, but he's winning, right? He's five and zero. Oh. He's saying he could box. He is fighting Anderson Silva. Who's way past his prime at this way point. Way past his prime, but... He's still Anderson, Anderson Silva. Silva. Right? So, when you look at that, you say, okay, if he could beat Silva, it does give him a chip. It does give him some precedence to move up to the next level. Now, who is the wonder kid? I can't think of his name. I'm looking at his face. Who's the other boxer there? Who's the guy who took out Holyfield? Um... I'm not oh, sure. And he was the he's probably the greatest MMA fighter nobody talks about. Um what's his name? Come on, Vito. Arr. Help. I'm 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 trying to find it here, but I'm not seeing it. Holyfield's last fight. He fought the Oh, and- Vitor Belfort. Now, Belfort. The phenom, right? If this kid beats Silva, the next fight's got to be against Belfort, right? Because if he beat one, that's the next one. Now, if he can get past Belfort, I legit put him in the running to say, okay, you're ready to go. You're ready to go take on somebody in the top 10. I want Tyson Fury. I think I feel like Tyson Fury and and Jake Paul would be fantastic. The shit talking back and forth between those two guys would be amazing. And I feel like Tyson Fury would probably knock him out in about twenty three seconds. Uh, but if you're looking at it as a sport, you want to see him get his ass kicked. It's just like anything else, you know. But what happened to Mike Tyson? Have you seen pop- Mike Tyson? Mm-mm. Tyson's in a wheelchair, man. What happened? Yeah. To uh, oh, I I just saw this. What was it? Um, he's got something going on physically. Oh yeah, Tyson looks awful. I'll I'll send you a picture of him. Um, yeah, he is fifty six now. Mm-hmm. Fifty six, but it sounds like he's oh, it's a uh, sciatica that he's having a real issue with, and he's been confined to a wheelchair. Iron Mike Tyson in a wheelchair. You know, if there was one guy who was who I would put to go fight for the title when he, after he fought Roy Jones, and you were going to put a money fight together, Tyson training in shape, I would have gave him a puncher's chance to take out Tyson Fury. I would have definitely said he could take Joshua. I give him a better than punches chest to take out Wilder. So I don't think that Wilder had the power to knock out Mike Tyson's chin. But with that said, I just sent that uh, picture to you okay. over on the messenger so you can see it. It's it's sad, man. Tyson looks old too. He's got like the big gray beard and he looks like he's put on some weight again. It's kind of sad. Kind of sad. I always love me some Iron Mike Tyson. Don't like to see anybody, especially in pro a pro athlete, end up like that, especially when they were an elite pro athlete. I mean, yeah. Tyson is one of the scariest people in the history of professional sports. When you when you talk about pro athletes and that their ability to uh, do afterlife and life after the sport, how they take care of themselves, how their body reacts, you know, 
I'll I'll put myself out there. I play softball. I play pickleball, and I play and I go to the gym. I do all three at the same time, and I'll do it all in a day. Sat was a Sunday, Saturday. Saturday, I went and I did pickleball, softball, gym, pickleball. I mean, I went all ball, you know, and I was out there all day. And I'm just, I'm an athlete, right? So, like, because of what's happening here, you know, at the house, I keep try to keep busy, take care of home, go out and do my thing, come home. But I'm still gunning and running and doing things. It's just that... It's just that in, it's in you to do this, you know. Right. Somebody actually said, <laughs> "I mean, I mean, it was it's a joke, but Fida, what the hell have you been doing?" I says, "What's the matter?" Said, you have been ripping the ball up because you're hitting the ball so hard; it's scary. Are you want anything? Yes, I'm on the 80 game suspension drugs. Thank you for noticing. I greatly appreciate you. Everybody started laughing, but. It's just, you know, I'm back in the gym, I'm playing pickleball, I'm playing softball, I'm active. I'm keeping right. my body in shape. I don't eat shit. I don't eat garbage. I eat healthy. I take my supplements. It's just a lifestyle. You know, do you want to have this lifestyle or do you want to have that lifestyle? Do you want to be this or you want to be that? Nobody could choose how they want to live, but you just try to, you know, have some balance. You know what I mean? Real quick before we get out of here, Vito, LeBron is goat in the chat, but he healed for Westbrook. That trade was proposed, and uh, the Indiana Pacers said no. So, but he healed. Miles Turner, both were on the block for uh, Russell Westbrook and uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, and the Pacers turned it down. So, I have a feeling we're going to see Westbrook to the Knicks. That sucks if I'm you and. I really, really hope so as a Lakers fan. It's a big but, Vito brand here, twitch.tv. Vito, anything else you want to plug, promote, put over before we get out of here? Just everybody subscribe to our stuff. We greatly appreciate it. Um, hope everybody's had a great weekend. You know, catch us, stick with us. we got shows coming up. You know, I believe we're doing a sit-down tomorrow with our boys. Everything's going to be cool. So, uh, Mr. Jago, talk some CM Punk and see what's going on inside. Oh, yeah, we're going to cover that tomorrow. I got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's going to be fun. We will talk to you tomorrow for the sit down, ladies and gentlemen. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Catch the Big Vito brand on Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern.